Hello, hello, hello. This is Dr. Andrea Little Mason, affectionately known as Dr. Dula. And today I'm coming to you with a message for those who consider themselves protectors of women. If you consider yourself to be a protector of women, of the woman, of the black woman, this video, this, this, this talk is for you today. Uh, because, you know, I noticed in the past few weeks, last month, there was a really big push. Um, there was a lot of discussion about how many girls are going missing, right? How many women are missing? Um, how many that, that are not being looked for? No one is looking for them as you would someone that was white that was missing and, and all the efforts that are made for that. And anytime I'm looking at the things that are going on in the world and, and, and thinking about how things are, are moving around, I'm always looking at what can we do as black people, right? Now I'll warn you ahead of time. I've been told people like, oh, well, why are you looking at, you know, why that's, you know, anytime you, you approach black women, approach black people, it's like, oh, you're blaming us and we're the ones that are victims. Well, you know, I just have this thing about just being constantly in the role of a victim. And so whenever I can figure out a way that I can assert myself, then I do that. And so that's what we're talking about today, ways that we can assert ourselves. And this is a message for the protectors of Black women, okay? So I'm going to approach it like this. The who, what, where, when, how, and why. Why is any of this important? Okay, those those questions that we we ask whenever we want to know something, whenever we want to figure something out, you know, who, what, where, when, how, why, any of these things. And that's what I want to approach you with today. Okay, what I found. So I'm a birth worker. Okay, I work with women in birth. I work with them in postpartum times. And when I say the woman, I'm specifically addressing it from that perspective. All those things that have to do with us and our femininity and being a woman, being a being a woman, a woman, okay, pun intended and all the rest, is 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 quite the thing because you know we deal with a lot of disrespect from society. We know, or maybe some of us don't know how we've been positioned in society. But still with all of that, sometimes we look for our solutions in society, even though it's been antagonistic towards us forever, even though we've always, we've never been in a position where we've been truly honored. Often we look for our, our answers and people to help us in society. So for example, in birth culture, in birth culture, there's all kinds of legislation that's happening. There are all kinds of things that are happening that have to do with, you know, um, pro providing birth support to black women. Why? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and guess that you've heard that black women black women are uh, dying at higher rates than, than than majority culture than white women and anybody else, right? How is that happening? How is that how is that happening? Especially how is that happening when it what we 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 get integrated into culture which I really consider assimilated into culture and our birth rates go down. Well, there's a lot of historical context to that. And some of that we're gonna talk about today, just in the whole context of being a protector of the woman, of the woman. 
Okay. So the first question is, okay, who are the protectors? Who are these protectors? The answer is very simple. You're the protector. If you say you love black women, you are the protector. Now let's let's talk about that. You know, well, is it a man or is it a woman? You say you love black women, you are the protector. If you're the man, if you're a man and you say you love black women, you love black women, you are a protector of the womb man. And that'll come across in different ways. But it's not just that. I wanna push back further and think more about our historical context in this country as black women. From an historical traditional context as black women, black women understood that we had to be protectors of ourselves. We understood that very, very clearly. Why? Because it's only been, what, 50 or 60 years since we've been included in majority cultures, healthcare, and everything else. What were we doing for those hundreds, hundreds of years that we were here when the doctors didn't want to help the Black women? We always had to help ourselves. We always knew that. And we were equipped because we came to this country. We came here with skills and, and understanding of environment and herbs and how to grow our food and how to heal ourselves. We came here with that understanding. So then what happened? What happened to the protectors? I can, I can tell you honestly, when I'm you know, um, dealing with you know, birth work and things like that, um, most of the work that I do is inspired by my personal experiences as a Southern girl. You know, my family's from Alabama. I grew up in Virginia, but all of my family's in Alabama and I'm a first generation born in the hospital. So some of the stories that have been told about what happened to women in birth culture, I didn't have those stories in my, in, in my family. In my family, they all birthed at home. My mother was the first one to birth in a hospital. So that's gonna change some perspectives about things. When I realized that I couldn't go by majority culture story, and we know that, we know already that we can't just go by what's being told to us, right? When I figured it out, the more I, I went back and I began to talk to my elders and I began to ask questions, I realized this, I said, wait a minute, the practices and the rites and the rituals and the things that were done, those were protection for us. I kind of knew it, but I really didn't. And in my mind, then that would make sense. It would make sense that as we've laid down all these things that were protection to us, we become more vulnerable. See, it's fine for us to go into the hospitals and say, um, the hospital as a birth worker, I refer to birth a lot. The hospital is the safest place for me. But see, if you know historical context, then you realize that um, our great grandmothers and grandmothers and ancestral mothers and the rest of them never thought the hospital was the safest place. We've always been used for experimentation. We have Henrietta Lacks' sales all over the world solving the world's problems with no credit, no permission from her, and no credit for, barely credit to her family. 
because we were always experimented on. The Tuskegee experiment, Tuskegee University is my alma mater. And so we knew about the Tuskegee experiment, testing on our bodies up until the 1990s, right? So when we think about protection, often what I've seen as a birth worker is that people will go into these births, into these hospital settings. We go into the hospital settings and said, because this is the safest place for me, right? And we expect to be there with our protectors. And we expect the doctors to be our protectors. And we expect the environment to be our protectors. But seldom is it a protection for us. Who are the protectors? I say the protectors are whoever say they love black women and have loved black women. And I say the protectors are the same ones. The protectors are us. We are the protectors. We are the ones who have to protect ourselves and save ourselves. So if you say you love black women, this is a message for you. If you feel that unction and you know that you have a responsibility to it, this is a message for you and I want you to listen up. Not only do we have to know who the protectors are, but we need to know what we're protecting. Now this is the thing, okay? There are so many different um, thoughts to come to mind when we think about protecting black women. It's not so much a protection because we're helpless. It's not so much a protection because we don't know what to do with ourselves. It's a protection because we are the origin. We really are. The efforts to, um, you know, we talk about genocides and things that happen on the continent, right? The efforts to kill our babies during different periods of time, they've just shifted a little bit. What are we protecting? What are we protecting? Well, <laughs> I say that we're protecting the womb. Now, instantly people say, well, I don't have nothing to do with that because I'm a man or I'm a this or I'm a that. But see, I, I, I disagree with that. I'm past my childbearing years, honey. I don't have to worry about the womb anymore. See, that's not what our ancestors said. That's not how it was. It, it was never an understanding. Those are all things that Western culture, that we've assimilated into as we, as we have accepted Western culture as our own. I, I'm always amazed when, when I look and we talk about, you know, all of the economic power that we need and we, and that we, we need to you know, work on all these different ways that we can assert ourselves as black people. Yet, every day, there are babies born in sometimes violent situations with black women. There are black women struggling and no longer birthing in safety. Now remember, we talked about what's that, what, you know, what's that safe place? What is that safe place? They're not, we're no longer birthing in safety because the protection were those who surrounded us in birth. The protection were those who took care of us after birth. The protection were the black women that took care of us and took care of our children and our family, our mothers, our sisters, our cousins. They were our protection. Our protection we call old time ways now. When they say you need to be in the house for six weeks, you don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to be working. You don't need to, you say, oh, that's that old stuff. Those old rights 
and rituals, things that were continually done over and over, were protection for us. And everyone around us were looking at our protection. I do interviews with women and I love hearing them talk about their historical context when they go and they look at, um, talk to their elders or talk to their family members. Because I do the same and I'm always exhorting and encouraging people to do that because our history is there. We just need to collect it and archive it for ourselves. But there's always a story. Most recently I talked to a sister and she was like, yeah, you know, and, um, oh no, this is my aunt actually. Um, my aunt was like, yeah, that was back in the times when they made you go in a room, a dark room. You had to stay in a dark room for however long. All these old things. Don't lift this. Don't do that. You don't need to be doing this. You don't need to do that. You need to stay warm. That's that old stuff. That's because they didn't know better. But did they? How did our ancestors survive? How in the world did they survive? How did our ancestral mothers survive without the hospital? Without modern health care? Without it? How did they? Here's the question. How did they do better? How did they fare better? How is that possible that, that our birth rates were better and the mothers were, were, were not dying as much when we were in those Southern places, when we were with those quote unquote illiterate midwives, our grand midwives from the South, how were we doing better? Because we had protection because we were protected and because they honored what they had been taught over generations, it wasn't just protection. Like I'm here to hold your hand. I'm one who believes in the power of our ancestors to be here and to teach us and show us. And so did those midwives and so did those women. They knew their limitations. They knew what they could do and they knew what they couldn't. They knew very clearly what they were protecting and they were protecting the womb. What do you know about the womb? What do you know about your uterus? What do you know about all of that? You know, the, the, often when women are trying to have babies, some of the advice that's given, do you know, is, you know, it's like, what can I do to prepare my womb? What can I do to prepare my, my body for birth? Do you know one of the suggestions that's made sometimes is go deal with your emotional life. Because believe it or not, our womb for womb men houses so much of our emotions. It houses so much of our traumas. It houses so much of all those things that we've ever dealt with. Hmm. Right? Did you know? that there's a direct connection from the uterus to the heart. There's a vessel that goes right from the uterus to the heart. There are, there are some women in some studies that show that there are some issues that women have based on what happens in their uterus. There are some women that are higher, higher, have, have higher risk for certain heart situations because of what's going on in their wombs. We are unique. Our uterus, our womb is connected to our heart. And so when our emotions are out of whack and things are out of whack, 
It's not just stress like, oh, I got to worry about my blood pressure. Literally, your womb is picking that up. It's affecting your heart. All of those things are connected in movement. Okay? So we're protecting that. So when I say, hey, man, you're not exempt, exempt from it. It matters what's going on. It matters the kind of emotional things we go through. It matters that we are that we use care with ourselves and we are gentle with ourselves for that reason. We need protection when, when we're portaling. What do I mean by that? We are portals, portals of life. You understand, like literally, we nurture the life inside of us. We have the ability then to nurture the life outside of us. Our body makes food. We need protection when we're in that portaling phase, that phase of I am nurturing new life. I am a portal. And literally during that time, there is a transmission from where life through death and back to life. All of our old, all of our older women and all of those who were before we became assimilated into this culture right now, all of us, the women understood that birth was a reverent time because there was this portal and she would pass through death to bring forth life. It was understood. It was known. That's why the protection was necessary. It was necessary. It was necessary to protect that woman as she portaled. It was necessary to be there. It was necessary to be connected to the creator. To assist this woman that was giving birth. Because this is a precarious time. And then afterwards, I talk to people a lot. I like to talk to people and make sure that they understand this whole thing. You know, when we say, what are we protecting? We're literally protecting the wound of birth. A lot of times people are so like, oh my goodness, we're in the hospital. And this is really a thing for me. You got to get to the hospital. You got to whatever. And I tell people all the time, I say, wait a minute. So you, so the woman has the baby. There is risk of hemorrhage. There's risk of all those things. Those things happen. But do you know how many things happen and, and can happen with a woman after she has a baby? All those old timey things I just got through talking about. Do you know why it's so important? Do you know why our ancestors, why my grandmothers and ours, any, all of us that, that have connection here, they knew the importance of a woman resting because she's open. She's open whether she has a cesarean or whether she has a vaginal birth. She's open. One of the hardest things when I deal in, with women and I help women um, during the postpartum time afterwards it's helping them understand that they need to just stop. When I talk to the elders, I have a 92-year-old uh, great aunt, and she's the last on my mother's side, um, as far as her aunts, that I can ask. And I asked my father on, on, my, um, on his side, I talked to him. Um, I always say, what did, what did the woman do? What did the woman do after she had her baby? 
She did absolutely nothing. My dad was like, your mom did nothing. She did nothing. Mama and her and, and your and your grandmother came and took care of her. Then do you know why? Do you understand what happens in the in the womb? The womb has a wound after birth. And I like to explain it this way because women bleed after they have their babies, right? But it's not like a menstrual cycle. During a menstrual cycle, you're shedding blood, okay? Because there's seemingly in, in the ideal case, uh, case scenario, there's no baby there. Okay. And the, the lining was not necessary, but something different happens when a woman has a baby. She's bleeding, but she's bleeding from the wound. It's kind of like you, you go through the battle. She didn't come, she didn't come through the battle unscathed. She came through the battle with a wound. And I always tell people, I said, imagine, you know, when we were little, we have, you know, I, my kids, I call them ouchies. But, you know, we have like if you have a if you have a, a get a uh, have a wound right here, maybe it'll scab up, whatever. But if it was on the elbow woo, or if it was on the knees, those hurt a little more because you're always moving the elbows. You're always doing it always felt a little bit different. Right. And I talk to them. You know, when a woman has a baby, she'll she'll bleed. But the bleeding should become progressively less lighter and lesser. Um, darker and then it, it'll lighten and it goes to pink and ultimately white. And I'm trying to explain to them it's because of the wound. So the uterus has housed the baby. The placenta has been inside and, and been this life force connected to the mother. Some people in some cultures call it the baby's twin. The placenta has been there connecting the baby to the mother. Once the baby is born, the placenta is no longer needed. And so the uterus will expel the placenta, but it doesn't just let it go because it's been attached. It leaves a wound. And I'll often ask women, are you bleeding more? Are you bleeding less? Oh, it was going away, but then it started up again. Think about that elbow. When you start doing too much too soon, you start bleeding again. That wound needs to heal. So the thing that we're protecting is the wound the wound in that wound. And I think sometimes we underestimate that. We underestimate the importance of that. And we underestimate the importance of people. Our ancestral mothers knew that. They understood that someone would need to be there for that mother. They understood it. They understood all of that. Without assimilation into Western culture, we just picked up the ways. We picked up the ways. We just do what they do. We just do what they do. I'm blessed and fortunate because I can, I, my mom is not here to tell me audibly right now. She wasn't here. She actually transitioned, became an ancestor uh, three months before I, became, before I got married and a year before I had my first baby. But the thing that I remember that she told me was, she said, Annie, don't you worry. When you have your babies, I'll tell you everything you need to know. I'll show you everything you need to do. And my dad told me it was because her mother and her mother-in-law had shown her and come and taken care of her. Okay? But what I find now is because we've assimilated in, we, some, some mothers have had the experiences that white women used to talk about. 
where they're isolated in a room. They don't know what to tell their daughters. They don't know what to say to them. They don't have anything to pass down. They don't have any protection to offer in that way. But that is not supposed to be our legacy. That is not what was supposed to be left for us, okay? So what are we protecting? We're protecting the womb. We're protecting the emotions because they're connected to the heart. And we're also connect, we're protecting that wound after we have give birth because it needs to heal. And it takes those weeks for that wound to heal, okay? You know, I talk often about, um, I do, you know, I teach, you can go to drdoula.com if you want to see what I do and, and find out more about who I am um, and what I offer and things like that. Um, but it's really something, the thought of protecting and making sure that we understand what protecting is. It's very important. And sometimes I'll say this other thing as well. Sometimes we get so caught up and how smart we are. Let me tell you, I didn't end up in this birth work because I thought it was a great idea. Okay, I'm an educator by profession. My undergrad, I started in electrical engineering. I finished, I doubled and then I finished in mathematics. I went on, I got my master's in secondary education. And then my doctorate is in education, is educational leadership with a specialization in curriculum and, curriculum and instruction. I wasn't planning to be talking about birth at all. Not at all. But I have to be honest, there. Hmm. I still wonder how I got here so passionate about this at this point in my life when all of my children I have two that are adults and I have two that are in high school about to leave four sons. How did I get here? I believe that we hear our ancestors call us because in order to save ourselves, we can have the best economic plan ever. But if in childbirth, we can still be taken out because we're in these settings that are not protective. They've never been protective for us. And then we get in these settings and we yield. We yield, we yield. Anything else that happens to a loved one, we wanna know is like, okay, what are you doing? What do you suggest? Da -da 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 -da. When birth comes in the United States, most, most black women um, birth in a hospital. That's shifting and changing, but the fact of the matter is mo most most still trust the hospital more, and that's that's fine. But when we get there, what are we doing? Where are our protectors? Where are our protectors? And if we've let it go, then what are we doing to get that back? When is it needed? It's needed in that hospital. This is not a competition between what the doctor will do and what you know, someone else will do. This is not about that. This is about protecting us. You know, um, I've trained to be a dual with several different um, organizations. Um, and one of the things that's stated now, people often talk about how, you know, you need a doula. And I, listen, like I said, I've trained to be a doula. Um, I have many friends that are in very whatever positions and do organizations. I'm not talking about whether you need a doula or not. What I am saying is that whether you have a doula or not, 
there should be some things that are in place for you. As a birthing mother, as those who are supporting her, as her protectors. My grandmothers, my, my, my big mama, my daddy's mom, she was learning English, learning how to read. She knew English, but she was learning to read English till the day she died in her 80, 81, I think. My mother's mom, my grandma, she never got past the sixth grade education. But they had certain skills and were able to do things like support a woman in birth. You understand? When I asked them what they did, they called for the other ones who were technically not literate according to the standards that have been placed on us. But they knew how to take care of their loved ones. They knew that because it was what we did and not because, oh, we really, 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 really wanted to go in the hospitals. They had to systematically get rid of our midwives. Black women knew that that was not just innately the safest place for us to give birth because of everything else they were doing in hospitals. But we're not thinking like that. I'm not saying don't go to hospitals. That's not the point of this. The point is thinking that you're safe because you're in a hospital. You shouldn't do that. Don't think that. If that's the case, even from the very beginning, when black women first started going to birth with physicians in hospitals back in the 1920s, 100 years or so ago, when they first really were starting to get, you know, work at getting rid of our midwives and 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 doing their thing in the in the system like mm, this is a problem because, you know, these uh these black women don't want to come to the hospital. Didn't. Because they trusted. They knew their help. First of all, they didn't trust the, these, what people call the white coats. They were white men at that time, mostly. Little by little later on, they were black doctors, but these were white men. This was not their choice. They began to do that outlaw thing that they do. Make this illegal, make that illegal. You know how it's done. Retiring out all of our spiritual women. These were spiritual women who had learned from women before them how to take care of women in birth, how to take care of people throughout the lifetime. And we lost so much of that because of disenfranchising these women. When is protection needed? It's needed when you're in the hospital, when you're birthing. It's needed whether you're at a birth, cent birth center or at home. That connection is needed to protect the womb man. When we're thinking about all the things that happen to women, to black women, for whatever reason, I think um, our assimilation into, cult, into this majority culture has caused us to think that we are helpless and we are not. How can it be that those who were before us who had less were more apt and able to take care of this? We have so much, we have all the education, we have all the money, and I, I didn't say we're rich, but I know we have more than what my grandparents had. Cars and houses. My grandparents were on a farm. My, my mom's parents and stuff were on a farm. We had, you know, animals and the whatever. I still know we had more. We have more now, technically. How are we such paupers 
when it comes to the knowledge and the insight of how to take care of ourselves. My husband and I, uh, Coach Green Jean, you can check him out too. He's pretty amazing. Been married for 25 years. But we talk about, um, our, we, we work together um, and travel. Um, we made connection in South Africa and travel there and have had opportunities to speak and stuff like that. Uh, but we made connection about the importance of us being connected to indigenous practices. When we say indigenous here, we are, many people are thinking about, you know, Native Americans. No, we have had indigenous practices up until the past 50 or 60 years. The more we assimilate into this culture, the more we lay it down. Every time we say that's that old way, we're really saying, oh, I don't want to pay attention to that indigenous practice. But then we'll go and we'll look at other cultures. And if they say wrap your belly after after birth, somehow it's better than what my dad told me my, my grandmothers did for my mother. It's not. It was a part of our indigenous culture as black people in this country for hundreds of years to take care of our women in certain ways, to feed them certain ways to do certain things with them. When is it needed? It's needed always, but especially in the hospital. When else is it needed? When she comes back home. And let me tell you, that's one thing that I've seen a lot of. I've seen a lot of leaving our women to themselves, just, you know, oh, she's good. Sister said the other day, yeah, you are number three or four. You know what to do. Let me tell you something. That is not African. I pride myself in being a diasporic African, by the way. So I'll, I'd say that often. That is not African. That is not according to our indigenous practices here. Every time a mother has a baby, she's a new mom. Every single time. Because every baby is different. Every birth is different. Every pregnancy is different. Every single time she needs help. Every single time she needs help. Every single time she needs help. So when do you offer that protection? When does she need it during that childbearing year? Pay attention to her. She's the portal, remember? She's the portal. When does she need it? She needs it when she's pregnant. She needs you to be gentle and loving with her. Yes, activity and stuff is still good when we are pregnant. But she needs your support. She needs that protection when she's birthing that baby. And yes, you can hire a doula. But it's also okay if you decide I am following in the practices like I do of my grandmothers and them. And what my mother told me she would do for me. Nobody can take that from me. That my mother said she was going to show me what to do. Everything I do right now, all of my travels to the continent, all of my travels in different places and trying to, to connect and connecting with different Af people in different African countries and, and the birth workers there is all about me figuring out what my mom would have told me because I saw the connection. <sighs> this is the same thing. My, my daddy said, my mama did that. Oh my goodness. My daddy said that that's what they did to my mom. My great aunt said that's what they did to her and my grandmother. 
We have a culture. We've laid it down often. And we often focus on what's been lost and stolen, right? Well, what about the things that we forgot, abandoned and surrendered? Those are our responsibility. That's what we did. We didn't value, we, we haven't talked to our, our elders. So we need to deal with that, right? Okay, when is it important for the protection? When is it needed? Through that entire childbearing year, she is the portal. She is the portal. Where is it needed? <laughs> it's needed whether you're in the hospital, it's needed whether you're at, at, at home, it's needed whether you're in the birth center. These moms come out and now they have to take the babies for a two or three day checkup after she has her baby. Whether she has a cesarean or not, she has to be up and she has to be ready to carry. That's not protecting women. I sit on uh, um, different committees and things and they'll say stuff like, you know, what can we do to get women to breastfeed more? We just want them to breastfeed more. And I and a fellow doula of mine, she um, just happened to be there with me. And uh, she was like, we were like, um, you know, there's so much focus on this baby. The mom is up and she's taking the baby to the doctor and all these things, but no one is paying attention to the mother. Mom doesn't go back to six weeks. Who's taking care of the mother? Who's looking after the mother? Do you know the incidences of postpartum depression are less um, frequent in more indigenous societies? That's literally a Western problem. It's literally a Western problem. So how, where am I protecting? Where am I protecting? I'm protecting her wherever she needs protecting. Are you one that can go with her to an appointment after she has her baby? Can you be there with her and let her actually get some real sleep? You know, one of the problems I have with the way that people um, say things and do things in, in, you know, majority culture and modern culture and stuff like that. Every African person, um, I, I speak, I have a project that's called Africa to the Diaspora. And with it, I talk to continental African women who share, um, I ask them the same questions and then they share birth and postpartum practices. Um, from that, that's how I know that we had the same ones, whatever. And um, you can find out more information about that at drdoodle.com on my website. Um, however, When we're talking, of, when, whenever, whenever I talk to them and I'm, I'm asking them these questions, I'm asking them um, about the different things that they do, uh, about the different things that are important. Um, they're all coming with the same and similar things. One of the things that Western culture talks about is that a mother should always be the only one to hold her baby. And believe it or not. That's fine. If you choose it, I'm fine. I'm not coming down on that. But this is what I am saying. <laughs> in African cultures and other cultures, in our cultures, it wasn't just the nuclear family. Okay? In each one of those African cult countries that I've spoken to women from, there is someone assigned to that mother. The word labor really means because they, they say you have just been working hard. You need to rest. You can't rest if your baby is right here. I, I, 
ask because I was like, oh no, you must always have your baby. They were like, no, the baby is there, but not where you would, you can't sleep because, oh, I'm worried about the baby being right there. So they assigned someone to the mom. And, the, and that, that person's job is to be there in that room, <laughs> often that dark room, that warm room that's hot, nothing like the hospitals that we have. And they're there to assist the moms. That whole notion of warmth for a mom, all these different things that we picked up, literally there's an open wound. And there are practices that have been done over centuries and, and through millennia in various cultures around the world because they've been known to be protection for, for, for women. Where is it needed? Everywhere. Protection of black women, of the black women is needed everywhere. Well, particularly when she is, when she has that open wound in her womb. Okay? Just want you to keep that in mind. And how is protection needed? Well, you know, I've already I've stated already that I'm a birth worker. Ooh, this sun is getting bright. Um, I've stated before that I'm a birth worker, and when it comes to how it's needed, I've already expressed like you know when it comes to um, looking at or considering um, uh, considering what the mothers did. What my mother told me that she never did, but what my mother said to me. How? The woman needs to be, this woman needs to be in a safe environment. A safe environment that can ensure her healing after she has had her baby. A safe environment that ensures that she carries her baby well. And most of all, whether you know this or not, um, when you're talking about actually where a safe environment is. The safe environment is not just uh, who or what someone else says. The safe environment for a birthing woman is where she feels safe. So that's why I'm not telling you not to birth in a hospital. I'm not saying don't birth in a hospital. But what I am saying is understand that regardless, protection is needed. Protection is needed. Okay? We're not doing this without protection. All right. So what? So so how? You cater to her. You pamper her. You know, new brides get treated a certain way. New brides get treated like like royalty, right? New new brides are treated in a certain way. You cater to her. She should do nothing. That's what I keep hearing my elders say. I did nothing. Fix her food. There are some cultures where they actually feed you themselves. <laughs> cater to, cater to. Okay? Cater to. And it's so important. It is so important. And why? Why, why, why is, is protection important? If I said, why? Why is it... Protection is important because with all of the efforts we are making 
We, if we continue to forget that the legacy of black women, the legacy of who we are, is that we have always been protection for one another. Then all of our efforts, and I, I really mean that, we can we can talk about how this hot spot on me. We can talk about all of the different ways that we can talk about all of the different ways that things are being done to us. Ways that they're trying to kill us, whether you're talking about the police, whether you're talking about whatever. But we had a way to protect ourselves. We just don't utilize it anymore. If I had to sum it up, I sum it up this way. It has always traditionally been our responsibility. It's been our responsibility and our role to make sure that black women were protected through the childbearing year. That they were protected, that they were protected because of the things we did, the rites, the rituals, all those things, right? But as we've assimilated into culture, because some of our, you know, we focus on decolonizing, but some areas we don't get decolonized quite so well. As we focused on decolonizing our minds, we need to also look at this area of birth. We need to also look at how, what we're doing with our women. We need to also see how we're protecting them in that way. Black women knew where the, that there was safety when we were take when we were following the, the path that had been laid before us. That even when they were trying to kill us, they couldn't because we were protecting each other in that way. I want to encourage us to understand that even though we can go to the hospital now, and that's a, that's wonderful, we can go to the hospitals, we can get this additional care that we need. That does not negate the fact that we need protection. I would love to talk to you more about other ways that that protection materializes. If you want to know more, please visit drdoula.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Doula. This is important because the more we assimilate and we drop and surrender and abandon all of those rights, responsibilities and rituals that our mothers knew, our great grandmothers, our grandmothers knew, the more, we, the more we leave those aside and abandon those, the less we have to work with. We are literally then at the mercy, at the mercy of those who have always, always, always been antagonistic towards us and towards our bodies. I thank you for being here with me today. Remember, if you wanna know more about the work that I do, please visit drdoula.com. Send me a message if you have questions. And I would love to know what you think about what I've said about this whole thought of protection for women. Do you have any experiences with that? Do you have elders that have spoken with you, that have told you about old things? Do you have parents that have uh, mothers and aunts and things that have done special things with you, that have been your protectors? I would love for you to comment below about that. And I would love to hear from you I would love, love, love to hear from you. If you'd like to know more about what I do, what I offer, all those things. If you would like to know how you can become a protector,
door of the black woman. I can help you with that because that is not just a thing. We can act entitled all we want. We can think, ah, I pay money. I got insurance. I got whatever. Listen, I'm in, I am in Illinois. The report came out in October of 2018. We had moved up from being two to three times more likely to die less than a decade ago to being five to six times more likely to die. No, we're in this system and we're dying more. But when our mothers and our grandmothers and our ancestral mothers didn't have any of this, they were protected and they knew how to get that protection. We have to get that back because we can make all these advancements. We can get all the education. But if at our birth, at the place where we become a portal between life and death, if at that place, our lives are able to be snuffed out because the protectors are not there. Then we still are at a deficit. So please visit drdula.com. I appreciate you being here with me today. I look forward to hearing from you. Send me a message or something like that. Send me a contact me, talk to me. You have a question or something, you can answer below on the video or just message me. I love talking to people because this is a call for me. This is not just something that I do. Yes, I get paid, it's work, but it's also a call. So it's also one of those things that I feel like I must do. I would love, love, love to connect with you. I would love, love, love to connect to you. Drdula.com, thank you for being here with me as we discussed, discussed all the ways that those, that the, the, the things that those who call themselves the protectors, well, look at this light. I'm gonna take this as a message, what? Look at this, look at this, look at this sun coming down on me. I'm gonna take that as a message, as a job well done today. Ah, we are the protectors of the womb. Protectors of the womb. Protectors of the womb. Have a lovely, lovely day. Thanks for being with me today.